Good morning. What a joyous day it is. Beautiful day on the outside, beautiful on the inside. And we've gathered today on the best day of the week to come to honor our God. And we are so delightful to have each of you with us. As Larry said, there's a lot of guests with us today, and we're glad you could be with us. What matters? That's an interesting statement. It's an interesting question. And we're going to chase that down just a little bit today. If you've got your Bible, we're going to begin in just a few moments in the book of Luke in chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, where we're going to begin in just a minute. But you know, we have a lot of students, different grades in this auditorium. We're on spring break right now, but whether you're in college or high school, or thing, what matters is something that goes through their mind. You've got a test coming up. What matters? Well, when you sit down and take that pencil out to take that test, whether you brushed your teeth or not really doesn't matter. Now, you ought to brush your teeth, but it's not going to help your grade. What matters is, did you study? What matters is, did you take notes? What matters is, did you pay attention in class? That's what matters. You want to sit down with a loan officer, and you want to get a loan. He's concerned about what matters. He's not going to ask you if you walked your dog last night. That doesn't matter to getting a loan or not. He wants to know how much debt you have. How much you have in the bank, how much you make, that's what matters. And every evening when we watch the nightly weather forecast, and the meteorologist is on there, and there's a big map of the country, and that wet meteorologist talks about the high front, the low front, the jet streams, all those things. Now what matters is not whether you got your bracket filled out for college basketball. Most of us have thrown them away by now. What a year this is. Your bracket filled out doesn't affect the weather. What matters? And when you walked in this building this morning, what mattered? You might think, what matters where I sit? It matters whether it's too cold or too warm in here. It matters what songs we sing. It might matter to you which preacher's preaching this morning. It might matter whether anyone spoke to you this morning. But all those reflect upon how I feel, what I think. What about God? What matters to God? And that's what we're going to look at this morning as we look at some things. In Luke chapter 15 and in verse 2, right before Jesus goes into this three series of parables about lost coins, lost sheep, and lost boys. It says in verse 2, And both the Pharisees and the scribes begin to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Who Jesus ate with mattered to the Pharisees. It doesn't matter to God, but it mattered to them. And just a few pages before this, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells us a story about the rich farmer. And in Luke chapter 12 and in verse 17 and 18, in this story, it says, And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? That mattered to him. I've got more crops than i got space. So verse 18, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. Those things mattered to him. He forgot to think about what matters to God. And so this morning we want to kind of chase some things that's particularly focusing upon the Word of God. There's been a lot of interest and activity on social media lately about resetting. That we need to reset what we do. 
We need to reset this idea of just getting back to such things. And we understand the idea of reset. You're at home and you're watching Netflix and you want to go over to Disney Plus. And this little circle just goes round and round and round and round. And nothing stops except this little circle. And so what do you do? You turn your TV off and you reset it. Or maybe you're doing something on your computer and you're trying to go to a program and you get this little circle just going round and round and round. And you wait and you wait and you wait and you realize nothing changes. And so the spirit among a lot of people today is that we simply need to reset the church. We need to reset our faith. And I want you to know that this is very common. This is the flavor of the month in books today. The soul reset. Reset your life. Hit the reset button. The reset. Reset with Jesus. The idea of restart. The idea of church reset. The idea of the great Christian reset. And reset over and over. This is a popular thought today. And the idea behind all this is, what if we could just erase our memory? Everything we know. And what if we could just go back to the Gospels, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, start all over with them, just go back to ground zero, wouldn't we be a better people? Wouldn't we be a kinder people? And maybe all this church stuff has got in the way, and what we need to do is simply go back and reset. And I want you to know that this is becoming very, very popular today. And first of all, you hit the reset button when something's not working right. You don't just hit it when things are working well. You hit it when things are not working right. And I don't know about your faith, but does our faith need to be reset? That's something we need to consider. And so we're going to talk this morning about what matters to God. And when we think about just going back to the Gospels, what a lot of people have in mind is just reading those red letters. Just those red letters in your Bible, because that's the words of Jesus, and the black letters are there, but the black letters don't matter so much. If you can only read something today, read the red letters. That's the idea that's presented among a lot of folks today. And so when we look at this concept of what matters, does it matter to God whether you go to worship or simply have a good attitude? Does it matter to God whether you give or not? Does it matter to God whether my life is fixed or my life has fallen apart? Does it matter to God? And so we begin, first of all, this morning by understanding that every word of God matters. Every single word. Here in Matthew chapter 4, right before Jesus' ministry began, we see Jesus being tempted by the devil. And it says in Matthew 4, verse 2, 3, and 4, And after he had, been fa- after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you're an underline in your Bible, you ought to underline the word every. Not most words. Every word. Not, not some of the words. Every word. Not the red words. Every word, not the words in capital letters, every single word. And so when we understand that, if God has said it, it matters. 
And so when we think about this idea of prophecy matters, because Peter would say to us in 2 Peter chapter 1, know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Every word that God speaks matters. The words of the prophets matter. The words of what Paul wrote matter. In the book of 1 Corinthians, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize the things I write to you are the Lord's commandments. Do you see that? And so we have this movement today among a lot of folks that simply says all we need is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this other stuff doesn't matter. Jesus says every word that God spoke matters. Every word. And so in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as we talk about the Lord's Supper. For I received where? From the Lord. For I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. In your Bibles, if you will, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, and notice how that book begins. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God. Jesus said, every word spoken by God matters. Do we see that? In the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul would say it this way. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. The Bible teaches us that all scriptures from God, all scriptures inspired by God. So when we begin our understanding what matters, what matters to you? What matters to me? What matters to the congregation? What matters to society? What matters to culture? We need to be asking the question, what matters to God? And one of the first things we notice is everything he has said matters. And so that ought to move us a little bit. Secondly, we appreciate that the Gospels themselves tell us that there was more to come. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not the total story. If all you ever read is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't get the full picture. You don't see everything. For here in John 14, Jesus says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. More was to come. If all I have is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I don't have the full picture. I don't know how the story ends. And if you ever held up your Bible and just noticed Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to the rest of the New Testament, the rest of the New Testament is a lot larger. There's more things to come. And so when we think about the teachings of the apostles or the apostles' doctrine, the very first Christians, it says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching or doctrine to fellowship. You see that the, the gospel, the message, the word of God is continued and, con and contained within these words. In the book of Ephesians, it would talk about this one faith. There is one body and one spirit, just as you're called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith. Now, that's not your faith. It's not my faith. The faith he's talking about here is the word of God. It's the message of Jesus. 
There is one faith. And so from Matthew to Revelation, that is that message. The book of Jude tells us to contend earnestly for that one faith, for the faith, once delivered for all. We need to appreciate that you cannot move Jesus away from his word. You cannot move Jesus away from his church. And when some people say, well, you know, all I'm interested in is Jesus. This church stuff really doesn't do anything for me. I'm really not interested in the doctrine of the apostles. I'm not interested in, in all the things we read about in the epistles. All I want is the gospels. When you say that, you don't fully understand what you're saying. Because Jesus is the word. Jesus contains all this word. And to say, I'm going to just take part of it is not to get the complete message. And then there's a purpose. There was a purpose for what matters. The purpose, of course, is to bring us to salvation. Matthew, excuse me, Acts chapter 11, he will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and your household. The reason why God spoke was so that we would hear the message and we would be saved. In John it says, Therefore many of the signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in his book, these have been written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you will have life in his name. The apostle said in the book of 1 Timothy, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The goal of our instructions, the apostles' teaching, the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' writing, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Romans chapter 8, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined that we would be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, when you read the Gospels and when you read the Bible, there are a sense of things that come first. Jesus himself said this in the Sermon on the Mount. He would say in Matthew chapter 5, if you're presenting your offering at the altar, and there you remember your brother has something against you, leave your offering before the altar and go first and be reconciled. Didn't say go only, but there's an order here. Other things would follow. The very next chapter, seek first. He says, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in Matthew 7, he would say, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you can take the speck out of your other eyes. So as we wrap this up, I need you to get your Bible on and get your pen, because I'm going to talk about a list of things that matters to God. You'll see these on your note card, but we don't have the verses listed, so I want you to look them up with me in your Bible. What matters? When this old life is over, what matters will it matter if my yard looked like a golf course no will it matter whether i could name everybody that i ever met no will it matter that i paid my house off no those are things that are important to us but what matters to god number one that god wants you to believe and trust in jesus turn your bible if you want the book of john chapter 8 John chapter 8, and let's look at verse 24. John chapter 8, verse 24. Here Jesus says, I said therefore to you, you shall die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. What matters to God? What matters to God is if you believe. Do you believe? And that belief isn't the idea that, yeah, I, I understand a long time ago there was a Jesus Christ. There was a George Washington, there's an Abe Lincoln, and there's a Jesus Christ. 
No, belief in the Bible is an action. Belief is going to cause you to do something. Belief is going to move you. So in Mark 16, verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's belief. What does God want you to do? Just go to church on Sunday, Monday through Saturday, live the way you want to live. It doesn't really matter. No, he doesn't. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to see how important it is that he needs to be number one in your life. Number two, what God wants from you, he wants you to have obedience to his word. Obedience to his word. Let's look at some verses once again. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 35. Acts chapter 10, verse 35. Peter opening his mouth says, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. Verse 35. But in every nation... The one who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Well, what is right? Well, paying your taxes, picking up trash. That's the right thing to do. No. He's talking about what God says is right. He who does what God says, he says, will be right with God. That's where righteousness comes in. Hebrews chapter 5. Look there. Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse 9. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9, it says, And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Now, some would love to say, well, that's legalism. No, it's not. Law abiding is not legalism. Legalism means no grace. I can do it myself. I am perfect. That's legalism. Law abiding means I love God so much, I'm going to do what he says. If God says go there, I'm going to go there. Why? Because God said so. If God says stop, I'm going to stop. Why? Because God says so. Because I believe and trust God. That's the concept behind this as we think about what's involved. Matthew chapter 28, as Jesus was doing the Great Commission, getting ready to send his apostles into all the world, he would remind them in Matthew 28 and in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What matters to God? Are you keeping his word? Number one, do you know his word? Number two, are you obedient to his word? That matters to God. That matters to God. Now, you can be real friendly at the store, put a smile on somebody's face. You can give a lot of money to some, some charity and make somebody happy with that. You can do all kinds of nice things. But what does God want? What matters to God? Are you obedient to him? That's what the Bible says. Number three, God wants you to love him and love everyone else. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 5, one of the best places to see this, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. What matters to God is that we love everyone, even those who don't love us, even those who don't like us, even those who like to hurt us, even those that we may classify as enemies. God wants us to love him and love everyone. That matters. All of us are part of his creation. All of us are connected together with God. And that's important to him. What matters to God? God wants you to be strong spiritually. In Ephesians, go to the next page, chapter 6. Ephesians 6, look at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. 
You know, weak coffee, weak backs, weak tea, not, not much good for those things. But God wants strength. And we get strength by spending time together, by opening up his word and studying those things and, and understanding that this is what God wants me to do. God wants you to be strong spiritually. And again, if, I, if I'm looking at this list, I'm saying, well, he really wants that. Am I that? Am I strong spiritually? And if not, what am I doing to get strong spiritually? We need to see that. Number five. God wants you to be a worshiper of him. In the book of John, chapter 4, he talks about worship. Again, I want you to notice the language he uses here. John, chapter 4, and look at verse 23. John, chapter 4, verse 23. But an hour is coming, Jesus said to the woman at the well. But an hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Those who worship in spirit and in truth. And so what does God want? God wants you to be a worshiper of him. God wants you to give your heart. So when we come to worship on Sunday, it's not like sitting down and watching a movie. I sit down, and I can't do a movie without my popcorn beside me. Now, I've got my popcorn, God can have me a drink. And I turn that thing on, and I start watching it, and I think, all right, entertain me, movie. And if it's no good, I'm flipping to another channel. I'm flipping to another channel, and when it's all over, I watch my movie, and I go on with life. That's not what worship is. You're not here to watch a show. This is not the show. You're here to give God something. You've assembled this morning and say, the Lord, I'm lifting this up to you. You have blessed me this week. You have helped me this week. You've answered my prayers this week. You were with me. It's been a tough week. I come to honor you. But when I sit and just watch like I do a movie, I haven't worshipped. And so we need to see there's a big, big disconnect, a big difference from going to church and worshipping. What God is seeking are those who are going to worship him. Number six, God wants you to have a quality, be a quality person of character. To have something that's meaningful in your life. And again, back to the book of Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 31, 32. Excuse me, Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. That's what God wants. God wants you to be that kind of person. When somebody's mean to you, and that old blood pressure starts going up, and boy, thoughts come to your mind, you know I could. I might say, you push that all the way down, because I am a child of God. God wants me to be a person of quality, a person of character. And then God wants you to make a difference. In the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And the light's supposed to shine and make a difference. And so when we think about this idea, what matters? We need to make sure we ask our question, what matters to God? Because what matters to God may not be the same thing that matters to me. And we need to see how important it is we do the things of God. A little boy one day was sitting at the kitchen table. He was playing with his action figures. And he was engaged in all kinds of galactic battles. And he knocked off a dinner plate, and it crashed on the floor and shattered. 
And in horror, he looked at all the pieces. He started crying. He knew his mama would be upset. So he picked up all the pieces like a puzzle. He kind of put them all together. But it was still shattered. He went and got some tape and tried to tape it. But that didn't work. So he went and got some glue and made a real mess. He got glue all over the plate, all over the table, all over his fingers. It, it just didn't work. He knew his mother would be upset. He just started crying. He went outside and picked, up, picked a little flower, came in, gave his mother the flower, and confessed the whole story. Said he was so sorry that he had broken this plate. His mother seen the tears. His mother seen a little flower and just a childlike confession in his heart. The mother just opened her arms and embraced him. She went to the kitchen table and she just brushed away the broken pieces. She reached into the cupboard and brought out a brand new plate and set it down. Put a cookie on it and made him sit down. And in a lot of ways, that little story is you and me. Because we have broken our lives. And we've tried a lot of ways to fix them. We've tried this, it doesn't work. We've tried this, it doesn't work. We've tried this, it doesn't work. And the psalmist reminds us the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And when we come to Jesus Christ, honestly and humbly, saying, God, I've messed up. I've broken what you have made. God will forgive us in these things. Now, do I need to be baptized? Yes. Yes, you do, because that matters to God. Do I need to change my heart? Yes, because that matters to God. Do I need to finish what I started as we think about our theme this year? And the answer is yes, that matters to God. And so I hope you can see from this lesson that what matters to God is, is what he has spoken to us in the word of God. We need to follow that. We need to know that. And maybe what needs to be reset are not books being written, but hearts to just get back to reading what the Bible says from front to end, all parts of it, and realizing what people call church stuff matters to God. And we need to do it. Now, if, it doesn't, if it's not in the Bible, we shouldn't be doing that stuff anyway. And if it's a bunch of stuff we've added, we need to drop that stuff. But what matters to God is what he says. And we need to follow that. Having the heart, having the character of Jesus Christ. And so I hope that gives us some things to think about. hope it makes us realize that it's not just red letters that matter. It's all the letters. Years ago, I was in this bookstore. I was looking for a brand new Bible. And this guy had this new Bible came out on the market. He was so excited about it. He opened it up, and it was about 40 different colors. I mean, this verse is pink, this verse is orange, this verse is yellow. And so you just flip through it and just follow the colors. You follow the yellow words, you come over here, over here, follow all the pink things and all this and that. And, I mean, it's just the, all these colors were salvation, all these colors were Jesus, all these colors were something else. And every once in a while, there would just be a black, black words. I said, what about these words? They have no colors. He just kind of put his head down and says, I think they matter. Well, they do matter. It doesn't matter what color they are. They all matter to God. And what we need to see is are we living the word of God? Apostle Paul said in the book of Colossians, let the word of God richly dwell within you. And when you do, that will change your life. That will change your thinking. 
that will change your relationships, that will change the way you worship, that will change everything. But it's the words of Christ richly dwelling within us. This morning, if we can help you in any way, won't you come forward as we stand and as we sing.